ABC Listen. Yama friends, it's Jack here, filling in for Ruby for the last time today. This is news time. G'day, Jack. Hi there, Jack. Today, we're going to meet some white seahorses. Then we'll find out how fairy circles are made. After that, we'll take a look at some backyard fungi that can eat plastic. Before we take a trip to another galaxy and learn about a new planet. And then, it's that time you've waited all week for. Wow! That's right. Let's get this show on the road. Story number five. There are many different types of seahorses that live in our oceans. White seahorses are a medium-sized seahorse that grow to about 16 centimetres long. Even though they're called seahorses, they look nothing like actual horses. It is white and brown with greenish olivish eyes. At the end, they have this tail that curls. They suck up food with their noises to eat. You sure know a lot about seahorses. While these are called white seahorses, they're not always white. White seahorses can come in all different colours and their colour can even change depending on their mood and where they live. Cool. Maybe when they're angry, they turn red. Blue for sadness. Maybe yellow for happiness. Maybe, but not quite. So it blends in with the environment so it doesn't get caught by its predators. That's exactly right. White seahorses used to be a common sight in and around Sydney Harbour and Port Stephens. But in recent years, their numbers have decreased dramatically because of humans disturbing their environments. To try and save the endangered white seahorse, some scientists have bred up white seahorses in big tanks. Recently, these scientists put the baby seahorses in plastic bags. And divers took them down to the sea floor. The divers released the babies into seahorse hotels. It's like a big metal box for seahorses, and they might have beds in there and chairs for a hotel. <laughs> They're actually metal cage-like structures designed to give the baby seahorses a place to live while they grow into adults. Scientists say the 350 baby white seahorses will grow up and then have their own babies later this year. Hopefully meaning that the numbers of white seahorses thrives into the future. Got big, giant and strong baby horses. Story number four. For thousands of years, large, round patches of bare dirt have been found in grasslands of Western Australia on Matu country. They're known as fairy circles, or lingi. Probably there'd be people out there that would go out there and plant the trees in a perfect circle. Matu Aboriginal elders have painted and talked about these large circles for generations, handing down stories of an insect playing part in making the circles. They don't have books to write it down in. And it's really important as well, so if you're wondering about the fairy circles, you could go and find somewhere to listen to the elders. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Scientists haven't known for sure how these circles were made. In 2016, research suggested the circles were made by plants organising themselves around the little water found in the desert. But ethnoecologist Dr Fiona Walsh had heard of the Matu stories of the Linji being made by insects, so she set out to see if the stories were right. 
She set up a cross-cultural team of researchers, which include Matu elders. The team dug 60 trenches across four different areas, all of them revealing termite nests. They like have these big hills that are red and like they go inside them and that's what it looks like. The team found that the harvester termite nests were around 12,000 years old and proved the Matu stories were right. That's amazing. The fairy circles were made when termites built their nests underground in a circular pattern, which meant plants couldn't grow above the termite chambers. That's very cool. Scientists say this also proves listening to stories told by Aboriginal elders can give us all a deeper understanding of country. It would be really amazing to go and see them. It sure would. Story number three. Recycling is super important, particularly with all the plastic we use every day. You put it in the yellow bin, which is the recycling bin, and then it goes to a special place and it gets all crushed together and then it's made into a new thing. Yeah, but some plastics can't be recycled. Around 13,500 tonnes still ends up in Australian landfills every year because it's not the right kind of plastic, or it's contaminated, or it's mixed with other materials. That's a lot of plastic in landfill. That is very, very, very bad. It sure is. So scientists are trying to find ways to make the breaking down of plastics easier. Scientists at the University of Sydney have found two types of fungi that eat away at polypropylene. That's plastic used in the making of takeaway containers, ice cream tubs and cling film. The fungi, known as Aspergillus terrius and Angiodontium album, are usually found in plants and soils. That's pretty cool. I would go in my backyard right now. The scientists ran some experiments and found the fungi took two months to eat away at about a quarter of the plastic and four and a half months to completely break it down. Scientists are now looking at ways these fungi can be used on a large scale, which is very exciting. That's because we humans generate around 400 million tonnes of plastic waste each year, and nearly half of that is sent to landfill or pollutes the environment. 400 million tonnes sounds like a lot, because it is. It's enough to rebuild a 6,000 kilometre stretch of the Great Wall of China every year. It's hard to recycle that much plastic. You can do this, scientists. You can make our world a better place. Story number two. An Earth-sized planet has been discovered in our galaxy, and scientists think it might have volcanoes. Volcanoes are something that are big and a lot with lava of them. Spot on. The planet is called LP79118D and is the third planet to be found orbiting a star. LP79118D is located in the Milky Way, about 86 light-years away. Wowee! LP79118D doesn't rotate like Earth, so one side is always in darkness, and the other side is always in daylight. Yeah, I wouldn't live there. I would want night and I would want day because I can get my sleep in the night, because I'm not good at sleeping in the day. Scientists think that the side that's always in daylight would be too hot for water. But on the night side, it's cold, and they think could have large icy glaciers. 
But scientists are interested in what they call the Terminator region, where the day and night meet. They think it might be where glaciers melt and form surface water. It will be the best of both worlds, not too hot and not too cold. Scientists think that LP79118D might also have volcanoes on its surface because of the way it interacts with the two other planets in its solar system. They don't know for sure, but they think the gravitational tugs between the planets might squeeze and push LP79118D, heating up its core and pushing that heat to the surface. Scientists think that it's unlikely there's life on LP79118D because the environment is pretty hostile. But they also say they can't know for sure, because life might find a way. And now, it's that time of the week, the story you've been waiting for. Wow of the week! This story made me go wow because I didn't know a dinosaur could be so big but only eat plants. A near-complete dinosaur skull found in Western Queensland has revealed ancient secrets. The skull is from a Diamantiosaurus. It has diamonds on its back and has diamond-shaped spots. The Diamantiosaurus is a member of the sauropod dinosaur family that lived during the mid-Cretaceous period, which is around 95 million years ago. Sauropods were huge dinosaurs. They were about 20 metres long or as long as a tennis court. And they weighed up to 25 tonnes, or four times as heavy as an elephant. It has a very small head, very long neck, very stumpy sort of legs. It looks like a giraffe cross T-Rex. It looks like a Tyrannosaurus that, that eats up in the trees. They weren't quite as snappy as a T-Rex. They only ate plants and weren't very fast at moving. Researchers have named the dinosaur whose skull was found, Anne. Anne is the first sauropod found in Australia to have most of its skull. Scientists say the skull gives them more of an understanding of the structure of the dinosaur. Tell how big the head is, where the plane is. Spot on. When scientists looked at Anne's skull, they found it was similar to the skull of a titanosaur called Sarmientosaurus musachio which lived in South America at around the same time as Diamantiosaurus lived in where we now call Queensland. They think that it proves the theory that sauropods were travelling and visiting each other between continents. But Anne and her friends weren't swimming or walking on water. 95 million years ago, the continents were grouped a lot closer together, so it would have been a lot easier for them to say hello to their neighbours. Well, that's it for this week, my friends. Thanks, Jack. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. Bye, Jack. Ruby will be back next week with five new stories. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you later. Or as they say in Farsi, Khodafez. News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, Download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.